Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. Welcome back to the John Katsimatidis Cats at Night show. Now is, a, I know it's Wednesday, but it feels like a Tuesday because we have Professor Alan Dershowitz on. He's a leading constitutional attorney in the country. Just a couple of de- decades at Harvard Law. He's also the leading voice in the world in support of Israel. And he has a great new book out, 50, your 50th book, correct, Professor? Yep, 50th. I'm just finished 51 and uh, keep the, working, keep the, working. The Price of Principle. Yep. Well, you want to hook up Netanyahu on a conference call? What are you doing? (laughs) Well, I'm going to see him in the next couple of days, and I've been meeting with Israeli leaders and learning a lot about the new government. And uh, I like to come to Israel at least once a year to keep up with what's going on here. It's an exciting country, a country that does a lot of good for the world and, uh, you know, a country where everybody argues with each other, just like in the United States. So I feel very much at home here. Alan. Sir, it's Richard Weinberg. I want to ask you, are you aware that the Biden administration has now upgraded the status of the Palestinian Authority and the State Department, creating a special office for them? Yeah. What do you think about that? that. Well, I don't mind that. I want to see the Palestinian Authority strengthened and Hamas weakened. And, you know, the Palestinian Authority works closely with Israel on security and there are efforts by Hamas to weaken it. So, Strengthening the Palestinian Authority, look, it's not going to make peace, but it will help the Israelis keep peace in the West Bank, not in the Gaza, obviously, where Hamas controls it. So I have no problem with upgrading Palestinians as long as it doesn't downgrade um, Israel or do anything to undercut. But the authority, Alan, the authority still not repudiated the doctrine where they pay compensation for terrorists who cause Oh, there's no question. So what about that? It's a terrible thing, pay to slay. But, you know, you can't get the good without the bad sometimes. And look, us is now in his 14th year or 15th year of his four-year term. He was elected, you know, 14, 15 years ago. He hasn't run for office. In, in Israel, we've had the fifth election in the last four years. And finally, uh, Bibi Netanyahu, who I've known since he's 22, 23 years old, uh, will be taking over. And, you know, he's a brilliant and uh, very hardworking guy and uh, extremely talented. You can disagree with some of his policies, just like you disagree with the policies of any any leader. But he's a he's been a great leader for Israel. Yep. Uh, are we heading for a crisis with uh, Twitter, uh, with Apple threatening them, with Google threatening them? Uh I mean, if, if, if Apple's taking a position, if you tell the truth, uh, we're going to uh, shut you down. We're going to shut you down. Look, I think the greatest issue involving the First Amendment and free speech in the 21st century will be what relationship the government has to these giant, giant information purveyors. When the First Amendment was written, you know, people like Madison and Hamilton and others had no idea that there was anything beyond the printing press, which could print a few thousand copies of a newspaper. And now we have these mega giants. They're not regulated by the First Amendment. They're using the First Amendment as a way of censoring other people. There's this enormous competition, which is a good thing, between them. We see different rules in different countries. Uh, this is a work in progress, and we don't have the answer yet. This is going to be something that takes a long time to figure out. And there's no perfect solution. 
You don't want the government to come in and censor Twitter. On the other hand, who wants Twitter to be sending out these horrible, bigoted uh, messages? And uh, it's, it's, you know, it's very free speech is not free. And it's very, very complicated. Well, the danger, of course, is that if you shut down Twitter, you're not going to have a countervailing voice against the left wing people who control the other tech giants. And and we need we need multiple voices because many on the left today don't believe in free speech. They're teaching college and university and even law school students. The First Amendment was written by slave owners. It was patriarchal. It's mm-hmm. a way of keeping white supremacy. And we don't need the First Amendment because we know the truth. We don't need due process because we know who's guilty and who's innocent. That's what's being taught today in many colleges and universities and even law schools. Look at University of California at Berkeley. Fourteen clubs have now changed their charter to ban any speaker who's a Zionist, which means 90 percent of all Jews who go to the school. So I can't go and speak to a feminist group about abortion or the Supreme Court because I am a proud Zionist. And that's what's going on. Free speech is dying on the vine in law schools and universities. Now the American Bar Association has said you can get into law school without taking the law school aptitude test. So crazy. The the next step is going to be you can become a surgeon. You can become a pilot without taking tests. Is it because we don't think lawyers are important, but uh, others are? Our country is under attack. Yeah, no, I agree. In many, many directions, and people are not realizing it. Uh, Professor Dershowitz. That's what's so great about your show. It gives people like us an opportunity. We're Republicans, we're Democrats, we're liberals, conservatives. Your show has everybody, but we all agree on one thing. That is, you need to have open market free speech. Let the people decide. Professor Dershowitz, I know you have a hard out in a couple of minutes. Real quick question. Mayor Adams yesterday announced a mental health initiative in an effort to stop this plague of homelessness and, you know, people with psychotic issues roaming the streets. He wants to commit them involuntarily to hospitals using emergency workers. He's going to say emergency workers can take somebody in even involuntarily and have them committed for uh, for treatment. Number one, I think there's going to be lawsuits on that. Oh, there's no question. There's no question. The American Civil Liberties Union will be bringing lawsuits. Um, you know, I taught this for years, law and psychiatry, and uh, we had for years a uh, commitment of the mentally ill. And we had hundreds of thousands of people in mental hospitals, and then we let them all out without filtering out those who were psychotic and, and pose a danger. Now we're moving in the opposite direction. The pendulum is swinging. If this is handled well, If people are really given an opportunity to go into facilities that they want to go into, it could work. But just dragging them off the street and taking them to places that are not desirable is not going to work. So it it requires the allocation of resources. It requires getting good people, psychiatrists and mental health workers and social workers, working with these people, not just taking them out of view so they don't bother us. That won't work. Well... It's a, it's a major – listen, the major problem, Alan, is the linkage between mental illness, drug addiction, homelessness, and criminal acts. And we have to There's get no this done. About that. By the way, it's not only in New York. In Tel Aviv, now – I was shocked this time in this visit. 
I saw quite a few homeless people lying on Rothschild Boulevard. And, you know, I, I, I give them a dollar. I give them a few shekels. And some people complain, no, no, you're just encouraging it. But I can't stand seeing somebody, an old person or a mentally ill person, uh, not having at least a couple of dollars to buy to buy a piece of bread or a cup of coffee. I mean, it just appeals to to my my emotions. Maybe rationally, it's not the right thing to do, but emotionally, I have no choice. And, and if they uh, raise the price too too much on uh, on the drugs on the street, yeah, the problem. What the problem always is you give the money, and what do they spend the money on? It means nothing to me, and it could mean the difference between a meal and no meal for somebody else. So I'm not going to sit in judgment on them. But I understand these are complicated issues, and I think Adams is trying to do the right thing, but he has to do it in the right way. He has to do it in a way that ultimately ends the need for compulsion and says to people like that, look, Here's an option. You can go to a place and get a warm meal, a good bed, and you don't have to sleep on the street. That's the ultimate goal. Anything else you want to tell the American people? I mean, uh, we got the problem with Twitter. Elon Musk, <coughs> we have the problem with with Elon's uh, argument with uh, Trump. Right. And yeah. according to Elon Musk, he says that Apple is connected. You know, they want to kick them off the platform. They've reduced their Twitter revenue, uh, the ad revenue by, by 30 percent. And now there are a lot of people in the GOP party saying, hey, if they if Apple gets uh, if Apple kicks off Twitter off the platform, they should be investigated by Congress because they've essentially created a monopoly. Well, what do you think, sir? Thing. Does Apple want to keep uh, China happy? Mm. Come on, guys. Well, how, now, how much business does Apple do in China? And I'm an and Apple now fan. Musk, yeah. Now Musk is in a fight with Ukraine. Zelensky is complaining because Musk came up with a plan for peace, which would require the Ukrainians to give up some of their property. So Zelensky has attacked him and Musk has attacked him. Uh, you know, it, it, Musk is a very controversial character. And he has all the money in the world and he has these satellites and uh He's a real player in the world today, and we have to come to grips with that. And, and again, he's, he's not all good and he's not all bad. I like the idea of reducing censorship on Twitter. I think Elon Musk is less bad. He's Santa Claus compared to what, who was running Twitter. Yeah. yeah. No, look, look, just, rem- just remember this, because they suppressed the news on the Hunter Biden laptop that could have changed a lot of votes in the last presidential election. And they've admitted that it was the wrong thing to do. Yeah, and it may in the next election. Look, people should have all the information and should be able to vote based on full information, not selective information. And that's a real issue that we have today. Understood. Right. Elon Musk also tweeted out today that he believes that there was election interference as well. Under the previous administration. That he had had proof of it. Right, and he's planning on releasing that, that there was a lot of interference. Let's see see what his proof is. Mm -hmm. All right, regards from Israel, everybody. Thank you. uh, God bless you. Go go to sleep. It's uh, What time is it, Israel? One thirty in the morning? It's late. It's late, but uh, busy day. Busy day. Good. Thank you. Thanks. Take care. Take care. Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.